Any form of work which improves the ground or it improves produce would be forbidden during Shemitah, even if it's not one of the five which are mentioned explicitly in the Torah. However, something which is done just in order to prevent harm or damage from certain produce is allowed, and this rule is brought out very clearly in our Mishnah. One who chops off part of an olive tree, he cuts off part of the branches, part of the trunk, and the most common use for this wood would be to use as firewood, and that would be permitted to chop during Shemitah. However, once he's done that, he cannot cover the part where he cut it with earth, because this improves the tree, and it stimulates more growth of the tree, and therefore it's forbidden during Shemitah. However, but he can cover that part where he cut the tree, so the end of the branch or the trunk which is still remaining, he can cover that with stones or straw, because that just prevents the tree or that part of the tree from drying out, but it doesn't actually improve its growth. Now when it comes to a sycamore tree, this was sometimes cut not in order to use as firewood, rather because once the tree was cut, the rest of the tree would grow much faster and better beams. Now if we're cutting the tree, in order for it to grow better, of course that's going to be forbidden during Shemitah. However, it was only when the sycamore tree had never been cut before, well, that is when cutting it would make it grow more. But if it had been cut before, then it's just like any normal tree, so it would be permitted during Shemitah, however, just like any other tree, Hakotitz Kuris Shikmar. One who does cut off beams of a sycamore tree, he can't cover the parts where he cut it with earth in order to improve the tree, Rather, he should only cover it with stones or straw so that it doesn't dry out because that is preventing harm rather than improving the tree. And now we come to the young sycamore tree which hasn't been cut before. One is not allowed to cut a sycamore tree for the first time during Shemitah because it is considered a form of work which is forbidden during Shemitah. Now, the truth is, even if a sycamore tree has never been cut before, Cutting it will only improve its growth if you cut it when it's a certain height, and that's only within 10 tefachim of the ground. So technically, if you cut it, let's say, when it's 15 tefachim above the ground, when it's reached that height, that should, that should actually be permitted because it does not stimulate more growth. However, because it appears to be that you are cutting it for the sake of making it grow more, people can't really tell the exact height of it, and they'll think that what you are doing is improving the tree, and therefore you can never cut it even if it's at a different height, even if it won't technically improve the tree, you can still not cut it if it hasn't been cut before. And that's according to the Tanakama, because he's concerned that people will, won't realize that this tree is too high for it to be improved by cutting. However, Yehuda says that we're not concerned and therefore, Kadarika Osir, if you do it in the regular manner, it's forbidden, meaning if it's within 10 Tfachim of the ground, so cutting it would improve the tree's growth, then it's forbidden, and Omar Gya Saritz Fachim, that he could just do it once it's ten Fachim high, or or he could cut it from the ground, meaning he could cut it right to the ground without leaving a stump. That was also an unusual way to do it, and a country hooded you would be able to do that, and we're not concerned that people might think that you are still cutting a tree to improve its growth. One who cuts the edges of vines, the Hakitsits Konim, and one who cuts reeds. Now there's one of two reasons why somebody would do this. Either it's in order to improve the growth of the tree, and of course that would be forbidden during Shemitah, or it could be that he is cutting it in order to use the wood, for example, for firewood. And according to the strict letter of the law, that should be permitted. 
However, because it may appear as if he is cutting it in order to improve the growth of the vine or the reeds, Rabbi Yisaglili says, He has to distance the place where he cuts it by a tefach. So if, for example, he usually cuts it right next to the ground, right at the bottom of the trunk, so he should leave a tefach of the stump and, te- and cut it a tefach upwards, so that it's clear that he's not doing it in the normal way in order to improve the tree, rather that he is cutting it for a different purpose, namely for firewood. However, Rabbi Akiva says, He can cut it in its regular manner, and in fact he could even use the regular tools which he would use to cut the tree, but Kurdoim with an axe of a magal, or a sickle, this is some sort of harvesting tool which is in the shape of a moon, and it's got a handle, and with a sword, and with whichever tool he would like, because Rabbi Akiva is not concerned that people will assume he is cutting it in order to improve the growth. They'll understand that he is doing it for firewood. And the Mishnah ends off, Ilon Shanifshach, a tree which develops a crack, Kutshin Osobashavias, when we tie that part of the tree during Shemitah, not in order to get rid of the crack by making the tree sort of grow tightly where that crack is, so the crack will be removed. You can't do that because that's improving the tree. You can only tie it so that it doesn't spread, so that the crack doesn't develop more, because that would be protecting the tree from further harm. But if you're trying to remove the crack, since just one crack doesn't really damage the tree, to remove the crack would be improving the tree, which would be forbidden during Shemitah. Mishnah Zion, for most of the rest of the Masechta, until the beginning of the final parak, the Mishnahs will no longer talk about the different forms of work in the field during Shemitah, Rather, it will talk about the sanctity and the holiness of the Shemitah produce itself. And as we learned in the introduction to this Masechda, the produce of Shemitah is l'ochla, to eat. And one of the things which we learned from that posuk is that one can't just get rid of Shemitah produce, put it in the waste, you've got to eat them, and included in this is the fact that you need to eat them when they're properly ripe. This is either learned from that posuk of l'ochla, that you've got to do a proper eating, you can't eat them when they're not really edible, or it's learnt from a different word when it says tevu'osa. The Pasuk says tiekol tevu'osa le'echol, that all its produce should be for eating. And the word tevu'a only refers to produce which is ripe. So in general, before something is fully ripe, it's forbidden to eat it during Shemitah. However, there's one exception, because in the fields, in a normal year, not necessarily during Shemitah, people were accustomed to eat produce even before it was fully ripe. When it was nearing the stage of being ripe, Already then they would start eating the produce when they were in the field. However, they would never bring this half-ripe produce into the house. And therefore, since it was normal to eat half-ripe produce in the field, so during Shemitah you can eat half-ripe produce in the field, but on the house, whereas fully ripe produce you could eat anywhere. So the Mishnah asks, From when may one eat produce of a tree, so fruit, during Shemitah? When are they considered ripe enough? So in general, there are going to be two stages. The first stage is when they're ripe enough to be eaten in the field, and the second stage is when they're fully ripe, and the second stage is when they are fully ripe and then they can be eaten anywhere, even in the house. So hapagim, when it comes to unripe figs, Mishayaz Richu, once they turn red, so they're no longer green and unripe, once they turn red, one could eat it in the field with his bread. Because that was the normal thing to do when the fig was half ripe, they would sort of dip the bread into the fig, and have it together. Bichalu, once the fig has grown after that, so now it's pretty much ripe, 
then from that point onwards you'd be able to bring it into your house and eat it there because that was the normal thing that was a normal way to eat it during a normal year however before these stages you would not be able to eat it because as we explained to eat it when it's not ripe is considered wasting it now the Mishnah notes something which is not specifically got to do with Shemitah however it's got to do with the fruit ripening and that is that during the six years of the Shemitah cycle other than Shemitah itself one is obligated to separate certain tithes, certain gifts for the Kanin, the Levim, and the poor people. However, produce only becomes obligated in those gifts once they have ripened properly, enough to be brought into the house. And if, for example, let's say somebody declares his produce to be ownerless, ownerless property is exempt from these gifts. So if he declares his produce to be ownerless before they've ripened, then he won't need to separate the gifts. However, if he only declares them ownerless after that stage of ripeness, then he would still be obligated to tithe that produce. So the Mishnah says, The same stage of ripening would apply in the rest of the years of the Shemitah cycle, with regards to being obligated in those tithes, in those gifts to the Khan and the Levim and the poor people. And this is referring to that second stage when the figs grow and are ready to be harvested and brought into the house, it's from that point that the fruit, that the figs become obligated in Maestris. Alright, Mishnah Ches, this is a continuation of the previous Mishnah, and the Mishnah tells us, Habiser. When it comes to unripe grapes, Mishahevi Mayim, once they contain water, they contain liquid, so if you squeeze the grape, then some juice will come out of it. So from that stage, it's considered partly ripe, and therefore, Echel Peter Basode, one would be able to eat it with his bread in the field, because that was the normal thing to do during a normal year. So it's considered eating it, it's not considered wasting it. And then the second stage is hivish, and that's the stage of ripening, where it's ripe enough for you to be able to see the seeds of the grape inside. So you can see through the skin slightly, the skin of the grape, so at that stage, it's considered at least the beginning of the full ripeness of the grape, and therefore, he can bring it into his house and eat it even there, because it's considered ripe enough that it was normal to eat anywhere. And again, the mission tells us, A similar thing would apply in the rest of the years of Shemitah, so it would be obligated in the gifts for the Karnim, the Levim, and the poor people, from that last stage of when you could see the seeds within the grape.